Today's episode is brought to you by North Texas Honda Dealers. North Texas Honda Dealers, they're here to help. Welcome everyone to the Republic of Football. I'm your host, Shahan J. Roger, the college football insider at Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Uh, you can find us as always at texasfootball.com. Whew, really has been a holiday break. Texasfootball.com. You can find all of our content. You can follow us on Facebook, Dave Campbell's Texas Football. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. You can follow us on Instagram, Dave Campbell's, if you haven't as yet. Become a subscriber, texasfootball.com slash subscribe. Okay, easy enough. We got Ishmael Johnson in the house. Ish, how was your uh, how was your Christmas? It was good, man. I actually kind of took a break from all sports, really, uh, aside from a couple of the bowl games that we had to watch, obviously. But uh, yeah, it was just kind of like checking out of sports for a good while. <laughs> yeah, that sounds nice. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, for me, obviously, bowl season makes that like such a weird time. Yeah, you know, because we had we had the SMU bowl game, which was going on during the high school playoffs, mm-hmm. right? That was the 21st, I think. I think we just glanced up and we realized yeah. we were getting pummeled. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. And then, uh, then let's see, then we had like three days for Christmas and mm-hmm. I, you know, I mean, I just watched basketball that day. Right. Uh, but then like two days after, then I had to drive to Houston, went to A&M versus Oklahoma State. Pretty mm-hmm. good game. Uh, you know, then drove to, <coughs> drove to New Orleans where I, uh, as you may be able to tell, got sick uh, and was there for Baylor Sugar Bowl. And then, like, after that, obviously everything just broke in, yeah. uh, you know, in the state and college football, just in everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is where we are right now. So we got to get it done off the top. Matt Rule, uh, former head coach at Baylor now, uh, he is heading to the Carolina Panthers, introduced today. Uh Obviously, Baylor is in the market for a head coach for the first time since 2016. Mm-hmm. Ish, what are sort of your first thoughts about this? Um, my first thought, man, this is interesting because yeah, you wonder, you wonder where where Mac Rhodes' head's at in no terms question. of where he feels Baylor's at yeah. versus where they're actually at versus what. Is he? Long story short, is he going to pull another wild card by hiring a Matt Rule? Sure, because um, Matt Rule was an out of the box hire, completely unknown. You know, no ties to the state at all. Absolute. I mean, for all intents and purposes, radical hire for something somebody like Baylor, no who had recent expectations of success in a different, completely different style of football. Um, hiring an outsider and him doing well, but obviously making the risk and going after that. My my question is now uh, goes back to where does Matt Rhodes think Baylor is? Because sure. we can talk about it a little bit. I think Baylor has to realize, and Matt Rhodes is really smart, and I think he does realize that Baylor, compared to history, Baylor's in a very hit window right now. Mm-hmm. They are in a two to three year window where Anna or Texas is down down ish. Um, A&M, in terms of the whole state, the landscape of the state, A&M is down-ish, potentially trending upward. No one else, tech is really down, uh, looking to build upward as well. TCU's down. They're the lone power in the state, and aside from Oklahoma, in the region that's in the national title discussion. Yeah. Like, if I'm not saying they're on Clemson's level or anything, no, but, no, they no, are, no, no. but they are that other team other than Oklahoma that can punch into that number four slot in right. that top five ranking. So now, yeah, your head coach is gone. <laughs> what do you do? And I think that's where kind of the discussion is: like, do they look for somebody in house to maintain? 
Yeah. Or do they try to go after a, a, a Sonny Dykes or someone outside of the program right now that potentially changes recruiting, changes culture, changes things right. like that? So, Yeah, I, I think the interesting thing about Baylor is, uh, look, over the last decade, mm-hmm. you know, obviously a lot of stuff happened in the middle of that too, but, but over the last decade, Baylor's had multiple times where they have been a couple plays away from playing for a national title. Yep. And we can talk about, you know, Oklahoma was down in, in 2014, which is absolutely true. We mm-hmm. can talk about, you know, the Big 12 not being that great in 2013, which is absolutely true. Mm-hmm. We can talk about the Big 12 being kind of middle-heavy this year and not very top-heavy, which yeah. is absolutely true. But there's a reality that three times this decade, Baylor was almost playing for national title. Yeah. And... Look, you know, obviously it's always going to be a threat for Texas to kind of figure it out. That's just a reality of playing in the Big 12. Right. I don't think you have Baylor, TCU, or Tech being great without one of those other programs being below sure, par. Sure, and, and look, I mean, I think that there's reality, too, that the Mac Brown era, in terms of modern Texas history, has been more of the outlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so I mean, I, which is to say that I think that that possibility is still there. Yeah. Um, at, at least if Tech's not being like a 12-win dominant team. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big thing for me, too, is that over the last decade, and this doesn't mean that this is going to be true for the next decade, but over the last decade, to me, Baylor really asserted itself as that, dy- like, for sure, number three team in the Big 12. Mm-hmm. Now, TCU has a case for that. Oklahoma State has a case for that. Uh, you know, there are other programs. Kansas State, obviously, for the length of the decade, you know, had a case for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think that if there's a program that kind of separated itself from the pack to a certain extent, and this is in terms of, like, program. This isn't just in terms of wins. Obviously, Texas, you know, was whatever fifth in the conference and wins in the decade. That's not sure. really the point. Uh, but, you know, they have kind of moved into that position of maybe being third. Now, that's a tenuous position. You know, TCU can easily overtake them. Oklahoma State can easily overtake them. You know, Iowa State, obviously, with a great coach right now, is, mm-hmm. is competing for that, too. But, but you know, I think that this job right now is a job where you feel like you can at least compete for conference championships. Not year in, year out, but right. every other year, every two years, maybe like that. Um, it's one where you feel like, okay, if we get things aligned, you can have a top t- 10 team here, right? Because, mm-hmm. like, you know, the thing is, like, not to call them out, but like at Iowa State, you know, at Iowa State, if you get things rolling, you're celebrating a top 25 ranking, right? right? This is a program that I think can expect to be top 25 more years than not. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, that makes it kind of a unique job, I think, in, in the region, at least. Uh, and, and so I think right now, you know, whoever comes in is going to have a good situation with, you know, a pretty experienced roster, a pretty built up roster, a roster that's been recruited pretty well. Um, you know, a roster that currently has gr- great culture, as far as we know, um, you know, and, and should be able to buy into whoever comes in next. You know, this isn't a situation where everybody's scrambling like maybe it was in 2016. Right, right, right. Um, you know, there there are opportunities for whoever comes in to really capitalize. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, if it were you, mm-hmm. right, I mean, I know that both of us are big Joey McGuire fans. Yes. Is he, if you had to suggest somebody to Macro right now to hire, is he your guy? I think he is. I really think he is. Um, because you look at what made Rule successful, and it was the I, – I, I mean, there are multiple factors, but to me, when I look at Matt Rule and what I think he brings to the Panthers and what I think Baylor looked at when they brought him in originally is his ability to adapt and organize. Mm-hmm. And he adapted to the culture of Texas high school football as an outsider, um, made some of the smartest hires he possibly could have on staff. 
talent uh, his talent evaluation was really solid in recruiting. Definitely. He really hammered home the under the radar guys that you know probably just below Texas or A and M status, and he went after those guys hardcore. Brought in guys like Charlie Brewer, James Lynch, and and he was able to 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 dedicate resources to things off the field like nutrition and sports science which is what again what he what what uh he wanted the panthers to do and what right what, that's what kind of attracted him to that he job. forced the richest man in all of football yeah. to do whatever he wanted right exactly he's <laughs> like know, hey I, mean, I want a sports science tomorrow on. he's like okay cool and that's that, that's what uh kind of led him to that job and and so i think you look at you know you're not i don't Baylor is not in the position to hire an X's and O's guy, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't think that's not that's not what made this successful. He hired X's and O's people around him yeah. to be able to game plan and scheme. Um, and so I think Joey McGuire is that guy. I think he's that guy who can evaluate, who learned under Matt Rule over these past couple of years of okay, this is what is successful. Obviously, he has an idea of what's successful from his time at Cedar Hill and as a recruiter in, in his own right. Um, and I just think you want to keep, you want to steady the ship. That's my thing. You want to do as little damage to this boat as possible because this thing is set up to be really successful next year. Potentially, like I said, this two to three year window of of striking while the iron's hot. And I think you got to go with Joey McGuire, the guy who everyone loves and everyone is clamoring for right. to get this job. Like players, other staff, like it is a people want Joey McGuire to be the head coach, and I think. That's how you do less dam. The less that's how you do uh, uh, the least amount of damage to an already steady ship. Yeah, and also being able to build upon that. So my big question that that comes up is just exactly how much staff will they be able to keep? Yeah, fair enough. Um, you know, I think that's a critical part because, for example, uh, you know, Phil Snow I think is a critical part. If you can't keep Phil Snow, I think that the continuity thing is largely off the table. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and there have been rumors that Rule wants to bring Snow to the NFL. Now, does that mean that Snow wants to go to the NFL? Mm-hmm. He's a 65-year-old man. Who knows? Right. You know, I mean, I think that's a fair question. Uh, something else I know is that I know that that uh, McGuire isn't the only coach on staff who's going to try to interview for the job. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, so so that can also cause some discord if if the guy who's the least experienced at this level out of mm-hmm. all the coaches on that staff ends up getting the job. I think that that's... It could be the Applewhite Orlando thing. Right. Yeah. And and now, obviously, I think that, you know, Joe McGuire is no major Applewhite and he's not going to be expected to be, right, right. you know, that. But but I think it's a fair question to ask. Now, Joe McGuire also probably could have had the UTSA job if he wanted it. Sure. <clears throat> but, you know, I think that he knew that this potentially could be a possibility. The other question that I have, too, though, is if you're Baylor, do you feel like you can keep McGuire on your staff later if you don't hire him as a, as a head coach? Yeah, he he might be looking elsewhere. Right. Well, and, and so I think I think that's a fair question to ask, you know, and, and in both directions. Is mm-hmm. it fair to ask, well, if you hired somebody else, could you get him to stay? Mm-hmm. I think that that's something that you have to ask. And yeah. if you could get a guy to stay as an assistant instead of a head coach, I think that's obviously significant. But then, like you said, on the flip side, I mean, this is a guy who's been a tremendous ambassador for Baylor so far. I mean, mm-hmm. he is a critical part of why Matt Rule was able to be Matt Rule at Baylor. Yeah. Uh, what would you if you were Matt Rose right now? Yeah. And you had to make a hire tomorrow. Who yeah. is your guy? If I had to make it tomorrow, well, I mean, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. let's just say yeah. you need a decision by tomorrow. Whoever you offer will say yes. Let's put it that Ooh. way. See, um, and, and this is where it gets interesting. You know, not to go off script too much here, yeah. but. I am curious. I, the the rumor around town too is that they are maybe trying to swing big too. 
That's fair. I, I don't mean, know. I, I, again, that's uh, that's part of Mac Rhodes' thinking of this right. is while striking while the iron's hot. Well, and it's I a mean, hot job right now. Here's the thing, right, is that we had all these ideas of who could be in the works the last time that this job came open, too. We heard Sonny Dykes. We heard Blake Anderson. We heard Larry Fedora. Mm-hmm. None of those guys were really even considered that much. Right. The guy, and, you know, all of a sudden out of left field, he ends up bringing this coach that, you know, a lot of people here hadn't heard about. But mm-hmm. people who follow college football knew this dude's a baller, right? Yeah. And... You know, and I, I don't know what the equivalent of that is right now. Because, you know, I mean, for example, I think that the guy for me who, as an external candidate, who's the most interesting is Billy Napier. I don't think mm-hmm. he necessarily falls in that camp sure. of where people wouldn't know him. Because he's still a region guy. Like, he's still Louisiana. Yeah. Um, you know, so I feel like he'd be at least sort of familiar enough. I, I Again, not necessarily a guy that people would know, but, sure. but pe- someone who people should know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but the question also becomes, like, I don't know. I don't know exactly where they swing is the other thing, too. You know, I don't see, like, a P.J. Fleck being interested, obviously. Right. I mean, he's got a good situation at Minnesota, and I think he wants to be in the Midwest. Uh, and, and it could be the same deal for, like, a guy like Matt Campbell. You know, I think that it's worth making a call. He probably won't be interested, especially to go to a conference foe. Mm-hmm. I think that's always a tough situation. It, it's just hard to know. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Is that it's just hard to know which direction they're going to go. If I were going to stay internal, I, and I think that there's a very good case for staying in, uh, internal if they can retain, let's say, eight out of ten members on staff, right? Um, then I think that McGuire would make a lot of sense. If they lose Snow, if they lose some of the key guys from this staff, mm-hmm. if, if they lose some of the continuity, I think Billy Napier is my guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's a guy who, um, you know, for people who aren't familiar, he's the head coach at Louisiana now, only in his second year as a head coach. But in his first year, he went 7-7, seven and seven, won a Sun Belt Division title. Year two, won another Sun Belt Division title, went 11-3, and three, the winningest season in Louisiana history. Mm-hmm. Actually, and, and the crazy thing about him is that, you know, and this is just one of those things you bring up, but, like, he's coached under both Dabo Swinney and Nick Saban. Yeah. I mean that's that's pretty good, mm-hmm. right? That's I mean a that's great tree to come he, from. He's he's one of those guys who I think you know from what I've seen from him can be a program builder, can mm-hmm. be you know he, he's not just an X and O's guy, right? You know he's somebody who also kind of sets a culture. Uh, from what I, I believe he's more of an offensive guy is mm-hmm. is the one thing which is going to be kind of interesting. So it just sort of depends. Uh, he is I, I believe one of the last uh, Todd Graham assistants, and he has been oh, money wow. with those assistant hires. Man. Yeah, he was the offensive coordinator at Arizona State in 2017. Okay. So, um, yeah, but, I mean, you know, he's he's been in a lot of different places. He's coached under a lot of really good coaches. Like, I mean, I, th- I think he's really interesting. He's only 40. He's very mm. young. Um, you know, and that's both, I think, a blessing and a curse, obviously. But right. uh, somebody I think would be really dy- dynamic. Yeah, and I think when you look at guys like – you, know, you mentioned keeping guys on staff if they go internal, whether it's McGuire or somebody like. Uh, I'm just saying, somebody internal. Um, you'd have to. I think you'd have to incentivize them to like. You couldn't. I. I don't think you can keep Jeff Nixon as co OC. Yeah, I think he'd have to be play caller. I think he'd have to be. He, he was. He was the play caller. Yeah. Okay, I, I, don't play caller. Or, I don't know if it was him or Thomas. No, no, he's um, play caller. he'd have to be OC. Yeah, like he'd have to be. This is this is his offense. Right. Um, and, and it's a little complicated how they do all that right right exactly and so like you know i think again you would have to incentivize a little bit more and maybe phil snow becomes associate head coach or something right. like that things like that to be like look we're not just you know stick to your stick to your places and right. that, we're gonna keep this exactly exactly right. the same and i mean again like like joey mcguire has to sell them if he's yeah. going to do this right, right, like, right that's right. a big part of his his role would he would have to i think come almost to the meeting mm-hmm. with you know 
six people behind him saying, we'll stick around and, and maintain the process if Joey McGuire's the guy. Right, right, right. And it can't just be the players. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because, I mean, we've had players hire coaches before and it hasn't worked. West Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> so And Ole Miss, too. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we'll see. We'll yeah. see what happens. I mean, obviously, I don't think that, uh, that Joey McGuire is Matt Luke. Either, right. But, but, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, I think that this hire is going to – mean a lot for the landscape of the state honestly uh you know i mean utsa is a big job i think in conference usa but like this is a job that i think could shift power in one direction or another depending on what happens i mean you know i think that we saw how matt rule getting hired shifted power in Mm -hmm. such a way um you know we've seen how tom herman getting hired and struggling has shifted power you know this is i think going to be a really big hire for the state so uh yeah i mean that's 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 more most of it about baylor i mean it's it's weird seeing Matt uh, <laughs> Rule in uh, in Carolina Blue. I know that's gonna be weird. Apparently, the the smock is staying in Waco. Ah, uh, I think, oh uh, <laughs> man, what's even I, the point? What are you hiring? I know the the Panthers photoshopped the smock on their on their I know. Uh, on their announcements. So. I know it. I know it. Yeah, I forgot who tweeted that out, but uh, yeah, apparently, uh, <laughs> apparently the smock. I think. Let me see. Tiffany Blackman asked the question, and he says he said the smock will be staying. Ooh. What's in he Waco. gonna wear? Well, what do you wear before this? I mean, he didn't he always wear the smock. Like a so. Yeah, so I guess it'll just, it it'll just go boring. to that. Who cares? It's also Carolina, so it might just be too hot for that. So. Uh, it was in Waco. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's like a humid hot there. I don't know. I know. It's definitely more humid <laughs> in Carolina. <but>. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just disappointing. <laughs> it was a thing. It was a fun thing for a while. Besides, I don't think it's that hot. It's like a tactical vest. Yeah, it's like one of those warm-up things. It's I like, don't know. He wants a clean start, man. <laughs> Man, <laughs> well, let's see. I put on. A, let's see. What's the quote? Uh, that will stay in Baylor. Uh, I put on a nice pullover today, and it felt really good. I covered. All, <laughs> I covered all my everything. It was black, and I felt really at home. So. All right, all, all right, Matt. All right. Well, anyway, uh, he was a great coach covering the state. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'll definitely miss him from that perspective. But anyway, that's enough about Baylor. My goodness, yeah. I've talked so much about Baylor this last season. Like, oh my god, <laughs> this, this last season. You know what? Like. Uh, and the thing is, too, is that whenever Baylor's good, since I'm an alum, everybody like wants to ask me about it, All right. and I'm happy to talk about it. But I'm, I'm like, I cover technically 47 teams. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't need to just talk about that. Yeah. So let's, let's move to another team. Uh, this news was just announced. Mm-hmm. Texas Tech, they are adding two defensive coaches to their staff. Uh, you might have heard of them. Well, one, uh, uh, sorry, Niv- uh, football scoop is walking back Nivar a little bit right now. He said it's not. Uh, sources tell us info about Craig Nivar is also joining the staff as premature. Mm. So that's that that teases that uh, gives away one of them, but the other one, the other yes. hire that Tech made, the other that is official. The, yes, the other hire is Todd Orlando, yes. who is joining apparently as a, as linebackers coach. Mm-hmm. So I, I will say, I will say. So f- first of all, some context: Todd Orlando served as defense coordinator at Utah State under Matt Wells, helped lead them to their first period of great success. Actually, you know the guy who he replaced at Utah State. Mm-hmm. Who? Dave Aranda. Oh wow! Yeah, nice. they man, know Matt how Wells, to find coaches. I was going to say Matt Wells, man. <laughs> yeah, well, and that, and that was that was when Wells was offensive coordinator. Oh, that's right. That's right. Uh, working under Gary Anderson. Uh, Gary Anderson. Yes. Yeah. So it was Gary Anderson as head coach, Matt Wells as offensive coordinator, and then Dave Aranda's defensive coordinator. Man. They promote Matt Wells to head coach. Yep. They lose Dave Aranda to uh, was it LSU at the time? Uh, Wisconsin. No, you're right. It was to Wisconsin. Wisconsin, yes. And then uh, they lose Dave Randall to Wisconsin, a tremendous defense program. Mm-hmm. Replaced with Todd Orlando. And all Todd Orlando does is go with Tom Herman and, and basically get him that Texas job. Mm-hmm. So not a, bad, uh, not a bad add to Adam as a linebacker's coach. Yeah. 
No, I, th- I think that this move makes a lot of sense, obviously. I mean, I think that uh, for, for Texas Tech especially, I mean, obviously there's familiar, familiarity there with, with Todd Orlando and mm-hmm. Matt Wells, but it's a little surprising that he couldn't have gotten a coordinator yeah. role, right? Like, this must have been a decision, right? Yeah. Like, man. Because you, you, you would figure, like, granted, he's, he's going to be assistant head coach. Right and linebackers because he's not just being he's it is a demotion in a way but he's also getting some probably more full team oversight than he had at Texas sure. but it is something that it is something interesting I don't know if his stock is just that low I it can't be right? it can't be that low or maybe maybe his taste of Power Five was just like I want to stay in the Power Five maybe and I mean that's because he had to have had G five DC offers well I mean I think that there's one in San Antonio right now that, right. that would have loved Todd Orlando oh, sure. and, and actually might be why the Craig Niver news is still unofficial yeah we'll see that's about a that. rumor that's, we've been that's hearing. been a hot rumor too so we'll see about that um, but yeah it seems real maybe he just really loved to stay in Texas I don't I mean yeah. like, in, in this in this state in the Big Twelve I mean I will say I will say. Uh, Lubbock is in Austin. It, it's it's very different. I I think both different. places are great, right? But they're extremely different. Yeah. So I don't know. It's that's an interesting hire. It's a great hire for Matt Wells because, I mean, the fact that say what you want of him as a play caller, he knows the man knows how to coach linebackers and knows how to coach that second unit. And so I think that having him, maybe he just. I think that's what he probably wanted most was to dial back a little bit. Yeah. He's like, let me just get back to my roots. Is I'm gonna be a position coach. I'm gonna have some team oversight, but step away from play calling for a bit. Maybe learn some different things of how to, you know, because he he was he we we were both higher on him as a play caller than I think every, uh, a lot of people were. Yeah. But there is still some things that he got wrong as far as oh, translating no his play calling from uh, the AAC to the Big Twelve. Maybe stepping back, watching some other, somebody else analyze from a a different perspective of how to sure. manage offenses in the big 12 or a uh, game plan against offenses in the big 12. Maybe that's how he, maybe how that's how he wants to approach this, which is a smart move in my opinion. Cause um, I know the one thing that Todd Orlando always used to do that bugged me was blitz on every third down. So uh, maybe he was like, you know what, maybe it's time to just let some, uh, let someone else and me kind of be the, the student for a while and sure. maybe come back and be a better DC because of it. Well, the one thing that I will say about uh, about Todd Orlando going to Texas Tech is that I think that's quite an endorsement of Matt Wells. Oh, for sure. Uh, just not just in terms of like the job that Todd Orlando is going to take, mm-hmm. but that you know he stepped away. He coached at really the highest level in college football and said, you know what, I want to go back with a guy that I trust, and that's Matt Wells. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that was something that uh, you know when it comes to to Matt Wells, I, I think that. A lot of people around him had talked very positively about him and about the way that he does things. And he had never coached at this level before, actually, even as right. an assistant. He had never been a Power 5 coach. Mm. Um, but I think that that's a compliment to Matt Wells, that Todd Orlando, you know, when he did have all this stuff happen, said, you know what, let me go back, let me work under a coach that I trust, uh, work under a coach that I think is going to, you know, obviously be there past this season. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, and so uh, I think that's a, a big testament to Wells. We'll see whether it works. I mean, obviously the big thing is that Texas Tech made some tremendous defensive strides mm-hmm. last season, and I think that, um, you know, they lose Jordan Brooks, that's a big loss, but they still got players like Adrian Fry back, they got Rico Jeffers back. I mean, they still have a lot of really good players coming back, and I think that 
that on top of that, having some of these transfers and, and grad transfers still eligible and adding a couple more this offseason is going to be critical for them. Sure. Um, you, you know, this team wasn't that far away. No. I, I think that it's easy to look at them and be like, eh, four and eight. You know, they were a disaster. They lost to Kansas, all this sort of stuff. But right. they weren't that far away this year. Mm. And I think that, um, you know, another year of process, another year of, of development, and I, I think that they could be a lot better next year. So we'll see about that. Uh, actually, another guy uh, in Texas State, Jacob Peeler, brought on as offensive coordinator. Yeah. Oh, man. That well, was... the, the biggest thing that everybody has to know is that his Twitter handle is at ni- Nasty Wideouts. Yes, that is actually pretty great. He was the uh, wideouts coach at Ole Miss. And, and by the way, uh, I have to be the one to mention because, sure. because it's bad. The two receivers Sui notably mentored Ooh, at Ole Miss. Go for uh, it. <laughs> have you heard of this A.J. Brown kid? Or uh, have you heard of this D.K. Metcalf kid? Yeah. And, and that doesn't even count DeMarcus Lodge. Nope. So, look, we can, we can ask and try to figure out how much credit he deserves for what. Right. But he produced some nasty wideouts. Man, it, it, it is great. his resume with wide receivers is great, considering that that was a big, 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 big uh, hole in this offense this year was oh the my lack God. of wide receiver It was Hutch White and some dudes. It was Hutch White and some dudes. And, and, and love Hutch White, not exactly the nastiest wideouts. Right, exactly. <laughs> He's probably, if I'm being honest, on a great team, he is a two or three. And yeah. on a on a Sunbelt contending team, he is a two or three. That is not against him. No. That it just shows a that shows a natural limit to what that skill I mean, set can he, do a, as a feature guy. He's an electric slot guy. He's right? an electric slot guy that was had to play outside. Right. And it was unfortunate. But uh, granted his water quarterbacks didn't help either. But hopefully no. uh because uh, him and Coach Bavidal uh, coached together at Cal. Yes. And so there's a tie there. Hopefully and obviously when they were back at Cal, they had something special going there as well. Um and so hopefully that chemistry can come back. This is Peeler's first offensive coordinator job. He won't be the play caller. It will be Spavadol. So it'll more, it'll be that type of collaborative process. I'm really interested to see where that goes. Um, but yeah, good God. I am really happy because that was, that was a random hire that oh yeah, like people were kind of like, ah, God, where do they go? This is going to be interesting because Spavadol said he's going to call plays. And we're, and then he was like, oh, right, Peeler's available because uh, old Mrs. Staff has d- dissipated right. with Lane Kiffin coming in. So, yeah, they pick up probably the best position coach on that offense. And, right. like, okay, now they have a position, uh, a power five position coach coming in to be an OC. So, yeah, great hire. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that it could be a lot of fun. I mean, the big thing is, again, if he can develop those wide receivers legitimately to mm. be – just, you know, average Sunbelt level. Right, score. average. Like, you don't need an elite squad necessarily. Uh, better is good, yeah. obviously, but, yeah. but you know, you don't need an elite squad. And obviously, you know, we've heard a lot of good things about Brady McBride. Yes. We've heard that. We've heard that he is the best quarterback in practice, and it has not been close. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, if they can just get something out of him, yeah. if they can just get something good out of him, I think that's going to mean a whole lot. Uh, okay. We're going to close with this. I went through and graded my 10 insane preseason college football Oh, yes. Okay. <coughs> so, so uh, I, I have to give myself credit for the, the big one that I got right first, right? Mm-hmm. And it was the last one. Baylor makes the Big 12 title game. Ah, nice. I, uh, I did feel like that was a possibility. I wasn't totally sold on Texas this year. I think in our predictions, I still had Texas going 10-2 and two and making the, uh, making the, the uh, Big 12 championship game. Mm-hmm. But I was I was always a little skeptical. I thought that the, I didn't think that they'd go seven and five. Sure, let's be clear. I thought that they'd go eight and four, nine and three, maybe. Right. But 
you know, Baylor always had a pretty easy schedule. Um, I didn't think that they'd beat everybody except for Oklahoma in the regular <laughs> season. That was insane. Right. Uh, but but I did have Baylor making the Big 12 title game. But let's, let's go through. Okay, so prediction number one. Shane Bouchel throws for 4,000 yards. Close. I you count that as a win. I, I, mean, I counted I, I, it as I was, a win in this. Obviously, uh, you know, as as my friend texted me, Vegas would not give me that. Right. He yes. finished with three thousand nine hundred twenty nine yards. Close enough. So that is some garbage. <laughs> For the sake of the argument, saying yes. that Shane Michelle was going to be really good. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and on this podcast, I mentioned several times this off season mm-hmm. that I felt like SMU had the chance to be the surprise team of the year. Yeah. I think in the magazine, even right, mm-hmm. uh, I I said that the story that no one's talking about is that SMU and Shane Bouchelle will be a perfect match. Yeah. And uh, I got to give myself credit. I, I think that I got that absolutely right. And the reason that I have to give myself credit is because my next group of predictions is not good. <laughs> Number two, UTEP wins four games. Man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. Oh, boy. I mean, you were – I had to reel you in a couple times on UTEP this year. <sighs> I just I just want it so bad. I know. I know. I, just I, I want like, UTEP yeah, no. to be good. I want Rice to win all the time. I want UTSA to be good. Basically, I want – I had to be the get-back coach a couple times <laughs> <laughs> with you and UTEP this year. Basically, basically, I want uh, – I don't know how the math would work. I want all the – Texas Conference USA schools to go whatever nine and three and only lose to each other. I guess what you should say next year is that they will have four games within single digits next year. <laughs> how how many did they get to this year? So, so they, let's say they they got one. Obviously the win. Yep. Uh, they had one against Charlotte. That was a loss, a seven point loss. Ugh. And is that it? New Mexico State is New Mexico State. State. So three. So yeah, that's your prediction next year: four <laughs> games within single digits. <laughs> it's just like. They won't have Kai Loxley next year. Oh man! Like they, yeah. I don't know, man. This I want it to work. Not I really good. want it to work. It's not going great. Uh, Incarnate Word upsets UTSA. That was a great big no. Uh, yeah, UTSA. My, my UTSA skepticism was deserved, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Uh, but they ended up being the best of the bad teams. Sure. Kinda. Yeah, they're still they the coach. <laughs> How did we? How did we end up grading them out on the power poll? Did we put them as? Uh, I'm actually not sure. Let me see. No, we moved rice up, didn't we? Because they they won three in a up. row, right? Uh, I can check right now. Is the power poll still up? Let me see. It should still be up. Let's see. They UTSA was tenth, so yeah, okay. Rice was eighth, so they were the highest of the. Oh, oh yeah. no, seventh because uh, uh, Houston was seventh, so they were the highest of the bad teams. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Houston well, finished with four wins and then tied with UTSA and North Texas, but we kind of gave Houston that one little notch. Yeah, I think that they clearly deserve to be ahead of those. So teams. yeah, uh, but yeah, I my UTSA skepticism was was I think well deserved. So we'll mm-hmm. see what Jeff Trailer can do there. Um, you know, I've already the the conference USA schedule was released today, mm. and uh, I, I saw some you know saw some UTSA fans being like, I think five to six is reasonable expectations. So I hope you're right. <laughs> I, I sure hope you're right. <laughs> um, you know, and it, it will be easy. I don't think that they have because what they've done the last couple of years, they've had nightmare games to start the year. Right. I think that uh, what this year was. No, that was Rice who had Baylor and Texas. But they had multiple, like, ridiculous. Mm. They had Army and Baylor and somebody else. Yeah. Oh, and A&M. Yes. Yeah, yes, that's so, right. so three nightmare games, right? And, and Incarnate Word. So that's always going to be one of the tough things about coaching at UTSA is that they kind of need the money right now. Mm-hmm. And so you got to play two potentially of those nightmare games. Right. Uh, but, you know, I, I think that there's, I think that there's some upside there next year. But I said that this year, too. So. <laughs> 
Uh, McLean Mannix leads the state in receiving yards. No. <laughs> do you know who I did appreciate end the up, adventurousness of that. Yeah. Do you know who did end up leading the state? Because my, my basic thing was was <sighs> that I was like, maybe Mims can get it. Uh, maybe Prochet can get it. I feel like... It ended up going off the board. Was it Duvernay? It was Duvernay. Yeah, okay. okay. Yeah. I don't think that... I thought that he was a good player coming right. into the year. No, he definitely he, unlocked a new part of his game, and he yeah. probably made himself an NFL career with this. Oh year. yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. No, it was. He better have made an NFL career. Right, <laughs> right. No, it's, he's going to get little Jordan Humphrey. Just, uh, ugh, just, oh god, I'm so frustrated. Pick up Jordan Humphrey, somebody. Yeah, pick come up on, Jordan. Humphrey, come on, please. he's a big dude who can catch footballs. <laughs> we just uh, saw somebody want to who won uh, the Seahawks. They just threw it up to uh, DK uh, Metcalf, and he just turned around and jumped. Like, right. come on. I mean, hell, like. Play him as as one of, as a receiving tight end if you don't think he's fast enough. Like seriously, clearly the dude can catch football. Oh, anyway. All right, uh, well, 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 here's the one that's not against you. Texas State more than doubles its win total. Yeah, um, yeah, nope. Uh, <laughs> they more than uh, they more than did nothing. So yeah. they did exactly the same thing as last year, and yeah. all of their numbers ended up almost exactly the same. Yeah, it was kind of incredible, actually. Like just, God, that's a good point. The, just the level that they were like, we are still number one twenty in offense. <laughs> we are still number one twenty in scoring offense. Like, I don't even know how that can happen when you change systems that much. I was about to say, and Spavadol is like, I don't know how this happened either. Just fire everyone from right. this offense. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> so uh, clearly, at least the expectation is that that's not good enough. So yeah. at least there's that. Um, prediction six: Texas A&M beats a playoff team. Uh, no, <laughs> no, they, they had a bunch of shots and they did not do it. <laughs> yeah. So they did play two playoff teams, just like we kind of thought they would. We mm-hmm. did not think that the other playoff team would be LSU. Right. Uh, we did not think that the other playoff team would hand them a 50 to seven loss. I think that was what it was. Mm, something like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, whatever. LSU might just be that good this year. I just, I really think they are. Like, people can talk about Oklahoma and, oh, they don't deserve It's like, LSU just might be a wrecking, cr- well, wrecking crew this year. Here's like, the thing, right? Is like, the thing that most impressed me in their last two games, mm-hmm. and this was something that I thought was probably the case, but to actually see it was they can shut down teams defensively. Yeah. They just didn't right you know because they didn't have to at all right you know because like that was something when they got into a little bit of a shootout with alabama and like they dominated alabama like right, right. that game was not that garbage time touchdown right 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 so that. uh but you know i wanted to see them dominate a game on defense especially and that a&m game was holy crap Ooh, buddy. Ooh, God. <laughs> that, uh, uh, uh. and then the oklahoma game after it where i mean look i I think that I've been on the record as a Jalen Hurts truther for most of the year. Right. Uh, and, uh, and you know, I don't even know if I get credit for that because it was just like, yeah, there's no chance. Yeah. <laughs> there's just no chance. Um, I'm really curious to see them against, uh, against Clemson on Monday. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a really good game because, I mean, we might – who's the last pocket-passing quarterback that's th- that's been this good? Like this level of good. Mm, man. I mean, it's got to be. I think it's luck. Yeah. Like, is it back to luck? Yeah. Because um, I'm trying to think of the other just great quarterbacks. Like, obviously, Lamar Jackson's completely a right. different thing. Mayfield is, you know, is the thing. Yeah. It's a thing. But, like, I'm trying to think of, like... Mayfield, Mayfield is... It's not the same. I mean, he, he's in the conversation. Well, like, there, uh, it's weird because, like, I don't think both Burrow and Lawrence are very athletic. Sure. Like, sure. I mean, Lawrence broke off that 70-yard run that... Maybe people remember well, that he can run. Right. <laughs> Everyone's well, like, wait, he's like, running past safety. Another guy who I'd bring up who 
is obviously a dual threat guy, but I think still fits the mold as like Mariota in college. Right, right, like, right, right, right. I, I think that he still should get credit for being a pocket guy. Right, right. Even though he could run. Um, I still can't believe. I think it's, I think it's gotta be luck. I think I, I know, right? I think it's. I think it's gotta. You gotta go back to luck. I really yeah. think so. Um, as Which far as insane. like guys who's. First, second, third option is to stay in the pocket right. and then break out as a fourth right. and last resort. So, it's it's crazy, man. Yeah. I've and the thing I was watching with my wife uh, the the playoff game, mm-hmm. and she pointed out something that's absolutely true. The funniest thing about Joe Burrow, yeah, is that his passes look like college passes. Oh yeah, like he, it's just they look so slow. There's yep. no real zip on them, but they just go to the right place. It's it's incredible. Like, He's, I mean, he looks like a college quarterback. Yeah. I mean, because the funny thing is, right, like, we're at a point now where even okay college quarterbacks have NFL-looking passes. Sure. Like, I mean, Mason Fine, the ball zips out of his hand, mm-hmm. right? Like, who knows if he'll ever play in the NFL, obviously, but, right. like, he his passes look like NFL passes. Like, Joe Burrow's passes look like a college kid, <laughs> <laughs> except for that. Then they dive right over the top of defenders. Right, they're just <laughs> absolutely pinpoint accurate, oh. and it's... it's it's it's, we're gonna look back and like I don't know if we're hyping the season up enough as far as like one of the single season one of the single best seasons of all time. Yeah, and I think that the other thing too is that we all watched his 2018 season, right? And we still have that, and we're like, there's there's that Jerboro in there somewhere, right? Like, right? And, and <laughs> let's be clear: if he gets drafted by Cincinnati. It's going to find a way to come out. Say, yeah, it might, might still be in there. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the running joke has been ever since he got hit in the head against UCF. He's been Man, on he fire. is. <laughs> Which, uh, by the way, this is a total aside. Reddit College Football put up a post of uh, of which of the four Heisman candidates would do the best on Jeopardy. Uh, and and obviously the four candidates are, are you know, Joe Burrow, mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts, Justin Fields, and Chase Young. You're thinking too hard. Well, actually, am I? No, no, no. You're, think, about, uh, think about first what people would have answered out of those four gentlemen. Oh, for, for reasons? Or yes, for, yes, for reasons. Uh, yeah, the, people would have answered Joe Burrow. Correct. Okay. Um. <laughs> anyway, who would actually be? I, I think that I have a trump card, but I don't know if you know it. I'm going to say... I'm going to say Hurts. I, w- I definitely was going to say Hertz, yeah. like, and, and that's what I think I voted on the poll. Uh-huh. I mean, Hertz is like a really thoughtful, intellectual guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what I, I think he's kind of he's really measured. Right, right, right. I think that he'd be good at the game too, like, because I think that like Joe Burrow would overplay, yeah. you know, and like, uh, and I think that like Chase Young wouldn't care. Right. Uh, <laughs> Why am I on Jeopardy? <laughs> so, did you know Justin Fields was offered by Harvard? Oh man! Yeah, okay. I didn't yeah, know that. That's, okay, that's something. Yeah, that's insane. All right. Yeah, apparently his mom really wanted him to go to Harvard. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So good for Justin Fields, man. Even yeah. though obviously he doesn't take classes at the Ohio State University, right? You know, uh, good for him for for keeping it down on both sides. Nice. Uh, yeah, but honestly, if there is no legitimate reason to say Joe Burrow. There's none. Have, has anybody heard him talk? <laughs> like, so somebody commented, uh, Joe Burrow's called himself a closet nerd. I'm like, do you really think that? No. Like, uh, one time I, you know, watched a superhero movie. <laughs> like, 
on the closet. Right. Oh, man. Um, my wife also said he looks like every high school bully in an 80s movie, which is, that is absolutely No, that's absolutely, that's he, absolutely he, he definitely has bully face. Yeah. Which, and not as well. I, I'm sure he's a nice kid. But no, no, but it, it makes it makes it better, I think. It You're just so watching this, like, typical sports villain-looking guy yeah. just, like, dominate. <laughs> just, like, destroy yeah. teams constantly. For the state of Louisiana. Right. Yeah, exactly. So. All right. All right. So, so to finish off quick, uh, Prediction 7, Houston fields the nation's best offense. Did not happen, but kind of out of your yeah. disastrous prediction. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, I thought that I thought that Dana might be able to just add some things to what they did last year. But sure. one, I did not anticipate Derek King not being a good fit, mm-hmm. and two, I did not anticipate Derek King not Red playing shirting, football. Yeah, right. Whew. I'm curious to see how that one ends. But uh, prediction eight, I did get this one right. TC's best quarterback is a true freshman. There you go. So Max Duggan in the house. Uh, prediction nine, Sam Houston State runs away with the Southland Conference. Did not happen. <sighs> Looked it, like they're maybe for a second, and then that was it. In, going into their second to last game, yeah. they were tied for first in the conference. Yeah, they didn't run away, but no, they did not run away yeah. with it. So that's that's a loss. But the vision was there, man. <laughs> the vision was there. And then and then prediction ten, Baylor makes the title game. So. Whew, man, I'm still trying to recover from the season, man. Yeah, it was it was a grind, and the thing that was weird about it is that it was a grind. But man, there were a lot of bad teams in the state this a year. A lot of bad teams, and, and like, like some of them were after a point. Some of them weren't even interesting bad. Like you had, I'm gonna name, I'm gonna say Rice, UTEP, Texas State, and UTSA. At a point, they just weren't interesting bad. They right. were just kind of un- and then it got to a point with North Texas next North Texas because yeah. in the beginning of this in the middle of the season you're like man what's wrong like you're trying to dissect what's wrong you're trying right. to figure out why this team is bad and then you just realize it's offensive line play it's receivers not being able to develop after uh, Rico Bussy and then you're just like oh okay and then it just kind of became a slog to get to the end right. so you had about a good five or six that just lost all luster of watching right. them well and like you know you mentioned Rice Rice. Until they lost to UTSA, yeah. we were on the, like, their schedule has just been that bad. Mm-hmm. And then when they when they lost to UTSA, that was just like, oh. Yep. So, so you're just bad. Yep. And obviously they showed, okay, maybe they're not that bad late in the year. But, like, it just, ugh. It, that's the sort of thing, right, is, like, the worst place to be is to be bad and to expect to be bad. Mm-hmm. Because then it's just. What's the point? You know what I mean? Because, like, like you mentioned, with North Texas, it's like you go into the year and we're like, okay, they can win nine games probably, ten games maybe, compete for the conference. And then for them to just get blasted the way that they did throughout conference play, I mean, it was it was shocking, honestly. Yeah. Especially the way that they played early in the year. You know, because they, I mean, yeah, SMU kind of blitzed them, but then, like, they played pretty well against Cal, you know, which is a team that they shouldn't have competed with necessarily. And to finish four and eight, I mean, that is. Yeah. Oh, man. Yep. That sucks. But, uh, you know, and then really the only teams that kind of rose, you know, and kind of really, I mean, were there any other teams other than Baylor and SMU to finish above our projections? I don't think so. Because TCU underachieved, Tech underachieved. Texas underachieved. Texas underachieved. And um, they around underachieved. the same. They they ended up where we thought that they would. Um, right. You know, we had them at eight and four because we didn't see Auburn coming, basically. Right. Um, and everybody, yeah, no, everybody else underachieved. Jeez. That's wild. Well, well, to or be met, fair, or met expectations. To be fair, I think that we had, uh, I think we had UTSA at three nine. So congratulations, <laughs> <laughs> There you go. Yeah. Well, uh, 
you know, there, there's going to be some change in the state. Like we mentioned, some staff changes coming on. Uh, we got Jeff Trailer in the house now. We're going to soon have a Baylor coach in the house, probably by the next time we record this episode. Hopefully. Um, yeah, so you want to give him a programming note, kind of how we're going to be looking for the offseason? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. Honestly, I basically just came in here and just started talking. I, right. I did zero planning. All right. Uh, <laughs> but basically the way it's going to work for us is we're going to try to record once a week on Wednesdays. Uh, we're going to get rid of the Sunday show. Obviously, I don't think that you need a show on Sundays. I don't think anything that interesting is happening on, on in college football every single Saturday anymore. Right. Uh, but we're going to try to keep this up through the off season. Obviously, once we get to magazine season, then things get a little tougher maybe we'll do a shorter episode or something like that to try to keep things going uh but but yeah we plan to be with you guys from now up until uh up until football season hopefully so we'll uh keep keep posted obviously if you haven't as yet subscribe to us on apple podcasts on google play if you haven't as yet subscribe to us texasfootball.com slash subscribe uh other than that i mean i think that's pretty much it from us right yep all right, first time back in the house, still trying to remember how to do all this, but uh, so far so good, right? Yeah. So welcome back. Again, we'll have plenty of content the next couple of days, especially on that Baylor coaching search on textfootball.com. So uh, as always, uh, you can listen to us here. You can listen to us on Google Podcasts. You can listen to us on, sorry, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. Wow. I'm just repeating myself at this point. <laughs> Let's just cut it off right here. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you guys again next week. <laughs>